0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey with our mentors. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which might be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors may provide the roadmap for your journey. Each week, I will be interviewing those coaches. They have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Who are these mentors you will hear each Thursday? Well, they have authored books and papers on tennis, sports, and life, and they continue to give back today, which to me is very, very important. These mentors include today's guest, Alan Fox, Next week's guest, Coach Chuck Reese, Dr. John Murray, Coach Scott Williams, Linda DeClaire, and more, including um, a couple of weeks ago uh, guest, uh, Coach Ashley Hobson. And later on uh, this month, we will have uh, Coach Scott Inge. Uh, Coach, I've been blessed to... Uh, well, we go all the way back to the uh, World Scholar Athlete Games, um, the men first up in uh, Rhode Island. Uh, coach High School comes from a tennis family, now coaching in college. Uh, and on the 17th, no, the 16th of November, uh, Coach Mick Mikowski, he's the USTA Director of Experimental Learning, yes, the director of the USTA. Experimental Learning will be our guest, uh, a wonderful uh, young man. I uh, had the pleasure uh, to meet. He's doing wonderful things already, and uh, I expect him to be doing even more, including uh, hopefully to him and uh, Ashley Hobson will be getting together pretty soon, doing something for uh, high school uh, tennis for, around the country. Uh, Before I go any further, I'd like to uh, thank the Yellow Ball Network CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our tennis network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on some useful information. I strongly suggest that uh, you tune in there. Of course, the nice thing about talk radio is that if you can't tune in live, you can listen whenever you choose. I seldom listen to the American tennis uh, live on Wednesdays, but you can bet your life I listen to Chuck Reese's broadcast each week. And yesterday, I did happen to uh, listen to his broadcast live, and uh, uh, an excellent uh, broadcast. I strongly suggest you uh, uh, listen to it. Uh, it, it's some I think some useful information comes out of all these, but, you know, you have to make up your own mind on what you believe and what you don't believe and, uh, you know, take everything in. The more you can take in, I think, the uh, better off we are. And because I believe Dr. King, when he said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, Time per man, I will add my personal views on North American tennis and life, and naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. So when we have time, uh, I will express that usually at the end of the uh, broadcast. And, uh, of course, besides our weekly conversation The Almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views in Florida tennis now in its 25th year. Sorry, something just fell down. I don't know what it was, but hopefully we're still on the air. Um, Like I said, Florida tennis is now in its 25th year, and I've been proud to uh, be writing articles uh, uh, there that... uh, Jim March has done a fantastic job, and uh, especially in putting up with me. But as I said before, if you disagree, please email me. Uh, I don't take long uh, live calls anymore on the broadcast because, uh, well, number one, I'm old. It takes me a little while to get into the. Computer to make adjustments, and I had a bad incident come up. So, what I do do is I do take your uh, suggestions. Uh, you can email me at Coach Denise, that's Coach Denise, D A N I S E, dot F H S T C A at A T T dot net. And uh, I will use your. Uh, I, I don't guarantee to use all of them, uh, but I will use some of your uh, remarks uh, either on the air or as I've done before. I've expressed some of your views uh, in my articles with Florida Tennis Magazine before. Matter of fact, I have a couple of questions uh, for our guest, Dr. Alan Fox. Uh, that uh, I did receive emails from, and uh, when he comes on the air, I probably will start with one of them because uh, I think they can relate to one of the, his other books, uh, too. But uh, I I don't make judgments on that. I will bring the question up, and he can uh, uh, answer the question uh, that he uh, wants. But I think we have an outstanding show today. Uh, before I go in, I would like to mention, uh, besides Florida Tennis Magazine, who's been a big uh, supporter. And uh, if, you, if your magazine is missing from the pro shop uh, uh, and uh, the last copy is gone, don't get upset. You can always go to Florida Tennis on Facebook. And there you might find one of Jim March's or my articles uh, there. But um, I need to also recognize Wilson Tennis. They've been around for over 100 years. Uh, I've seen over two-thirds of that. And, uh, God, I wish I could be around for the next 100 years. I can't imagine what they're going to be coming up with. But they're, uh, I'm sure it's going to be special of course, District 15 and JTL, they've been doing uh, programming for the juniors for over 20 years, and um, I've um, probably been a part of that. And I kid with the uh, parents that come uh, to uh, the programs that I'm there because my wife reminds me I can't afford a divorce. But those coaches that are not uh, go out there like I do uh, for six Saturdays in uh, fall and six Saturdays in spring and work with those 10 and under kids, you're missing out on something. I'll tell you it's uh, it's a great thing. Flagler Insurance, uh, they understand that our future leaders are now in high school and I'd like to thank them for being part of it. And if you haven't picked up your team uniforms yet, Team Connection Tennis uh very uh, our all-star uh, event uh, the coaches look so good and the players look so good because uh, team kinetic team connection excuse me uh, we're dressing them and they remind us all the time that tennis fuels life so if you haven't uh, picked up those uniforms yet go to Team Connection. I see that today's mentor is on the, the line, so I am going to go to him. We're going to be uh, talking uh, uh, today, uh, you know, how do you handle the tough times uh, when things go wrong on the tennis court? Now, I know some some of you that have uh, read uh, his book, If I'm the Better Player, Why Can't I Win, or uh, Tennis Winning the Mental Match, Uh, or uh, Think to Win. Uh, You'll have some insight about our conversation today, but there's nothing really like talking to the author, so I'm really uh, blessed to have Dr. Alan Fox on with us today, and uh, we'll be able to go into some of those problems that come up. Alan, are you there? Alan, are you there? Nope. I'm sorry, but that isn't Alan. I thought that it was, but it's somebody else. So I guess we'll have a few more uh, minutes, Um, but uh, I'm sure he's going to be on uh, pretty soon. One of the... uh, One of the uh, questions that was asked, and uh, like I said, I think it could uh, probably, uh, you have to excuse me for a minute, but at as I'm looking at it, it says airtime left, four minutes. That could be a problem here. Uh, let me see if I could edit this and see what's going on here. You'll have to just excuse me if you would. Okay, hopefully this is wrong, but I'll go on and let's uh, see what uh, what happens. Um, I, I think the topic is a very useful t- topic because, uh, you know, what happened, how do you handle those tough times in the match? I think it goes on to what we talk about in tennis be could be a vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And we're going to go through tough times in life, too. So uh, when things are going wrong, how do you handle it on the court? We'll get in those questions with uh, uh, Dr. Fox, but we'll also get in the others, uh, too. Uh, I think I see him now. Alan, are you there? Yes, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, John. Okay. I just uh, I was just going through uh, the uh, telling the audience that I had a couple of uh, emails suggesting things, and some of them I think could also uh, relate to some of your other books. One person says, uh, "When I look to the coach for help, uh, I why can't I find him?" I think maybe I was thinking in particular... It wasn't what I was looking to discuss with you uh, today, but I was thinking of your book, Winning the Mental Match, which is, you know, about life uh, in, in the industry, not just at the tennis court. And Well, I'm not going to comment on it because the question's for you, but do you want to handle that question first, or should I get into our topic? No, well, I... The, the
0: thought on that one is uh, you shouldn't be looking to the coach at all. I mean, the right. coach, you know, can't save you. Uh, it, it's sort of uh, peripheral to the topic uh, that comes up now and again, should there be coaching, you know, on the men's tour, like there is on the women's tour where uh, a coach can come down between games and uh, uh, give advice to, to his uh, to his lady and and to me of course i, I don't like it uh, i think part of tennis and one of the interesting parts of tennis
1: is really
0: how a player handles problems handles stress uh, handles pressure and so forth and and because tennis matches last a long time close ones last can last for hours you have to keep yourself emotionally up for the entire time and so I don't like the idea of a coach coming in and taking over that function for you, you know, lifting you up by the, by, by your rear end so that, so that you don't lose heart. I think you, you look at the great players and, and the heart is what people talk about. Someone like Nadal. I mean, the heart to go for five or six hours and, and, and fight on or Federer, who was down a service break in the fifth set at the Australian. He hadn't played a tournament for months. Uh, He'd played a five-setter or so before, and yet he hung in and kept himself emotionally up enough to win the match. So that's the kind of stuff where a coach, I don't like the idea of a coach being involved. I mean, the player. and, 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 And one last thing, and that is it's very understandable to have a coach in a team sport where the coach is a, an integral part of the process. Uh, but tennis is an individual sport. And so uh, I like the idea of the tennis player uh, being strong emotionally, mentally. Anyway, that's my, that's my two cents. And it's sort of peripherally, you know, looking over to the coach is, is a bad sign for you. Uh, right. if you're doing that. It shows a, a certain weakness. Uh, which, whatever you know, it, t- t- Tennis is quite good for you uh, To teach you emotional strength And, and handling uh, difficult situations all by yourself I, I used to think when I was on the court About a million years ago uh, When things were going wrong I would say to myself Or the thought would enter my mind Nobody is going to come out here and save you, Alan <laughs> Nobody if you can't save yourself, you're gone. So you better save
1: yourself somehow. Well, I agree. That, yeah. I, I think it went, one of the second one, and I, I'm only asking this because I tell people to email me. I don't take uh, live calls on the air, but being they did, when game plan doesn't work, can I trust the coach? Well, the match has started. It's in your hands now not, not to trust the coach. And hopefully the game plan should have been your plan and not the coach. I mean, I always when I put together a player development plan, I don't think it's my plan. I I want the player to sit there and you know to contribute in there. If I think if they're if they're five foot five and they want to be a serve and volleyer, I might suggest that you know that's not the approach to take. But I mean, it should be their plan. Would you like to go into that before I go into some questions I had? well i was
0: I was going to go sideways to that one a little bit and okay. that is, uh, on the tennis court and off the tennis court, whatever plans you may have uh, circumstances uh, really dictate what you have to do, and lots of times your plan uh, just doesn't fit the situation you're on the court, your opponent may get onto your game plan and then you have to adjust again and so On the court, one of the traits of the great players is that they're alert. In other words, they know what's happening. Yes, they're focusing on the ball and their uh, emotions and so forth, but in in some part of their brain, they're keeping track of what's going on. You know, how am I losing points? You know, is my opponent adjusting in some way that that I need to uh, readjust uh, to compensate for? the The lesser player just doesn't see it; they're not alert enough uh, and and so they lose uh, and that's all part of the process I mean sometimes in tennis, for instance, you could have better uh, strokes and better shots than your opponent in every single area. give a better serve, better ground strokes, better volley, and still lose uh, because you don't see how to use it. You're not alert and adjusting your game to circumstances. So adjustment and alert, uh, alert and taking in the information is is part of being a, a good tennis player.
1: Uh, very good. Yes, I agree. That's, I think I I, on that I have. Let me go into my question. Some of the questions that I had uh, thought of, and and truthfully speaking. Um, questions, quite frankly, that was in your uh, coming from your first uh, book. Uh, if I'm the better player, why can't I win? Uh, I think it's uh, I don't. You wrote it about 40 years ago. I think but, uh, one of my yeah. problems today, and I want and I encourage people to write, and especially young coaches, go out there and write. One of the things that my pet peeve and when i hear something this is you know this is all new and everything i don't know if i'm just getting dumber as i get older but there's a lot of things i mean that really is not new human human nature hasn't changed much so i'm going to go to some questions that i picked up out of your book and uh, uh, I know the book is still uh, for sale on Amazon. I don't know. I think it's still for sale on Amazon. I know I got it there uh, not too so long. Electronically,
0: right. on, on Kindle, uh, if I'm the better player, uh, is still available. Right. Uh, right. Uh, okay. I guess there are some print versions on Amazon
1: New or well, the world. I am getting caught up now, and I have to give credit to my wife because she's uh, had me switching. It took me a long time to go into that Kindle, but uh, uh, I've gone that way too. I knew I I I got the book there. Well, let me go to one of the questions that I have, uh, and is uh, what 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 to do when you immediately fall behind in the match? I mean, you know, you go out there, you're you're in the right frame of mind. You, you know, things seem to be going, and uh, you're prepared well. And all of a sudden, you uh, you immediately you know fall behind. Okay. Well, the the first thing,
0: I mean, it's, and I, I, I'm hesitant to say something this obvious, but I'll say it anyway. I mean, the first thing you have to ask yourself is. And you don't do it during points. You do it when you're changing sides. You sit down. How am I losing points? In other words, there's only there's only two ways you're going to be losing points. One of them is uh, is going to be your opponent is hitting winners, or or hitting such difficult shots that you you uh, are forced into errors, or you're making errors. Okay, those are the two ways you lose points. Winners and your errors. So before you 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 change anything, you got to know which of the two it is that's causing you the most trouble. Uh, And at the lower levels, uh, maybe even the higher levels, it's going to be probably because you're making too many errors. It could be the other, but but your response, your 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 changes and adjustments will will reflect which of the two it is. For instance. If if you're making too many errors, all right, now you've got to pull back a bit, uh, give yourself a little more room over the net, stay a little farther away from the lines, and don't go for the winner quite as soon, and you test it out and see what your opponent does about it. Okay? They may not be able to do anything about it. You may be pulling the trigger and trying difficult shots for no good reason and and, and making yourself uh, miss and lose uh, just out of concern that your opponent uh, is going to do something to you, maybe they won't well, you know uh, on the other hand, if it's because your opponent you're playing all right, but your opponent is hitting the ball so well, putting you in so much trouble they're hitting winners or you can't it, 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 you, you can't play your 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 game you're being forced into errors, then you need to step it up. Okay, Then you're trying to figure out ways Where you can put enough pressure on your opponent So that they can't set up and hit those kind of shots I mean, you, you've got to get in more first serves And maybe take a few more risks And see if you can disrupt your opponent See if you can push him or her off balance enough So they hit those great shots uh, And then the, the third thing if you' if things if you 've tried both of those and neither of them work uh, then you have to go back to time. now you start to play for time uh, and what I mean by that is if you're behind mo often players that are behind seem to rush as if they were in a hurry to lose, like maybe they're down five two and they just want to get the next game over so they can start a fresh new set. That, that's a really bad idea. Okay, What you do when, when things are going against you is you play for time with the idea that the longer you stay out on the tennis court, if you're behind, the better off for you and the worse off for your opponent. I mean, he or she has to now – you're, now you're playing for attrition as opposed to just great game, blow them out, okay? Because people can only concentrate for a given amount of time. I mean, the great ones can concentrate for hours, but most recreational players, they can't concentrate that well. And so they might be just fine for the first half hour, for a half an hour. They might have nice control over their emotions and so forth. An hour, maybe. Two hours, maybe not, okay? And so if you can't do it with just game plan, you you, you can do it by attrition. And, and that means I would not walk terribly fast between points. I wouldn't stall, but I wouldn't rush either. I'd slow up a little bit. Uh, and, and secondly, I'd try to toughen up and force them to, to, to hit winners, force them to beat me. Okay, that means not missing serve returns. If you're down, if it's 40 love 11, your opponent's serve, it, you don't give them that point. You force them to play for it. Okay, because that puts pressure on their head. And 40 and 15, you force them to play for it again. Even if you lose the game, if you can force them just to stay out there longer and, and to struggle, okay, they, they get tired up in the head. Not just physically So those are some of the plays Okay uh, th- Three different Three
1: three different uh, Little approaches just depending on what's going on yeah. and, uh, and it's obvious that It's, uh, <laughs> it's not just the uh, recreational play- Players that have read your book You can see some of the pros That actually take advantage I mean uh using the restroom and everything, buying time, uh trying to get to composure and everything. Uh I don't know how uh, you know, I'm being I, I I don't like a lot of rules. I like uh, I think we have to try to keep things simple, but uh d I'm not, I, I, that bothers me a little bit when I see that. Uh, I, I, do you have any ideas about that? Yeah, that
0: that bothers me, too. First, I don't understand the bathroom break. I mean, I played uh, on the tour in the 60s, and I played many five-set matches. Uh, I never needed a bathroom break, (laughs) ever. I I mean, first, you tend to get a little dehydrated because you're sweating. Uh, So I I don't – the bathroom break, maybe, although – I, I don't think so. The injury break is another one that I don't like, that players also take advantage of. And, and, and I'll give you one example that happened to me when I was coaching a player. I was coaching, this was about five years ago, I'd say. I was coaching a Russian player named Igor Knitsin, uh, a great guy. You know, he he, he he was not a great player, but quite a good player. Uh, He got ranked as high as 35, uh, but he was quite often around 100, maybe a little better, a little worse. Anyway, he was playing this guy from Poland, first round of the U.S. Open, and he's down two sets to love. Uh, But Igor's a tough guy, and and when the other guy got up uh, two sets, he took his foot off the gas a little bit. He relaxed as players are... Tempted to do, and so then Igor sort of took the third set, and then in the fourth set the guy tried to come uh, to get back on on the horse, get get back to playing really well, and he didn't quite do it, and Igor won the fourth set, and now the fifth set both of them were playing. It got extremely close, and and I'm going into this just to set the just to set the scene. So now they've been playing for three hours almost, uh, and they're in the fifth set. And at four all in the fifth set, Igor breaks his, breaks his fellow serve. And so now Igor's serving for the match, 5-4. It's been a long day. And, and Igor's been under pressure, both of them have, for a long time. And, and so it gets to Deuce. Igor did not have a big serve. It gets to Deuce. They have a long point. Okay, It's either going to be break point for the other guy or match point for Igor. And Igor wrong-foots the guy, hits behind him, uh, and the guy tries to turn around and get it, and he slips and falls. And Igor gets a winner, basically a winner. And so it's match point for Igor. And the guy had had fallen. Uh, But he didn't get up. He just laid there. This is a real story. He just laid on the court. Uh, It was one of the backcourts because neither of them were, you know, big-name players, and he just laid there didn't get up at all. Uh, And then after a minute or so, one of the ball kids came over and put an umbrella, held an umbrella over him so he would be in the shade. And he just laid there. Uh, And they went and got the trainer. Okay. And the U.S. Open is a, a big facility. The trainer had to, you know, walk several blocks, city blocks, through crowds to get to the court. So he lay there for a good five to six minutes. Okay, didn't, didn't get up. Meanwhile, Igor is up match point. It's his serve, and he sat down. He, he, you know, you're standing out there. Igor's sitting there, for, and I'm in the crowd thinking to myself, default him. <laughs> what What's going on here? I mean, I, you
1: know,
0: get him off of there. You know? uh, and so eventually the, the trainer gets to him, doesn't touch him, by the way, Just walks up to it, and when the trainer appears, the guy jumps up, and he's ready to play. Okay? The trainer didn't do anything. The guy gets up. He's ready to play. He walks over to receive serve at 40, 30 match point. I mean, now Igor's got to get up and play the point. Uh, And so, of course, he lost. Of course, he lost it. I mean, it's hard to, to even serve well. You've been sitting for five or six minutes. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. He
0: lost the point. Oh. Eventually, eventually, Igor beat him. He did hold serve somehow. I mean, I was dying as a coach. Uh, and and afterwards, here's actually the funniest part of it. Uh, afterwards, I'm talking to Igor. I said, you know, you did a good job of holding yourself together there after the guy uh Fell down and was stalling and, and and trying to screw you up. Igor said, "Yeah, it didn't bother me." He said, "Sometimes when things aren't going my way, I go take a bathroom break." <laughs> so that's what that's what's going on out there. <laughs> it's it's part of today's game. It's that stuff. I think they should yep. put a stop to it. But yeah. that, that,
1: that's what's happening. I know. It's a shame. Getting back to a lower level, a lot. One of the things that you hear a lot in the, today is, you know, today was just uh, one of those days. I couldn't control the ball properly and you know the to have an off day. I mean, and it, and there's a certain amount of truth to that. But you know, what do you do when you're playing uh, badly? And you know, is it? You know I mean, obviously you want to examine is your player your opponent just you know whipping you or are you truthfully playing badly what do you what is your advice in those situations?
0: Well, it does happen to everybody some days you just and maybe you don't get enough sleep or whatever you ate your your system is not functioning properly and and you're missing. I mean, I can recall matches that I played just in my past where I, I couldn't, I couldn't relax for a second. If I just relaxed and tried to play normally, I missed immediately, okay, or relatively soon. And so, you can drive yourself through. There, there will be days when you just can't play your normal game. You just for some reason you're just out of sync, uh, and so it takes. Extra discipline. Okay, the match now gets mentally very, very tough because you, you you've got to be focusing now on the on, on some fundamentals rather than you know uh, being on uh, autopilot somewhat where you're just playing and you're uh, just reacting to the situation and reacting well. That, that, that's what you'd hope to be. But some days it, it isn't like that. So now you have to discipline yourself and somewhat go back to fundamentals at that stage, when you have one of these really terrible days. Uh, and, and, and and I can recall matches where I played like that, where I would drive myself along, and then later in the match I would see if I was okay and just relax and, and let the the shots flow, and they didn't. They missed immediately. Sometimes you just have to drive yourself the whole time. For instance, when I say fundamentals, now we're talking about when you're hitting ground strokes, you got to say to yourself, watch the ball, relax, you know, into position, shoulders around, okay? You have to go back to absolute fundamentals and focus on those things as opposed to assuming they're all good. Because as soon as you relax and stop focusing on those, you make mistakes. Uh, you can't go for, for the winners quickly. Uh, if you can volley, the net is a good place to be in that situation. I would go to the net more if, if it comes down to that. Because by going to the net, your opponent has to hit a good shot to beat you. He or she has to hit you know, close to the lines and close to the net. And so they're liable to miss. You can maybe force them into errors with your position. But when you really feel bad, it's hard to hit the up-the-line winners. Uh, Off the ground, you gotta maybe grind cross court more. You know, give yourself more air above the net, a little more topspin on the ground stroke, uh, and and remember to relax and watch the ball. Uh, You would hope you're past that, but maybe that day you're not. It's very difficult. It's very draining when when you have that day where you have to like focus your way through the entire match uh, on, on more fundamental things. But that that's
1: a strategy. You go back to fundamentals. And I think that's what makes, you know, Ken, we all have our biases, uh, but but I think that tennis is the, the toughest game to play. I mean, I go back in you know, my former lifetime when I coached basketball, when you saw players sh- uh, struggling and losing confidence or, Uh, Something in their match, or you could sometimes you could just see the fear in their eyes. You just pull the person out. You would use them later on, maybe, or use them the next uh, game. But in tennis, uh, (laughs) you can't do that. You're in. You've got to play your way out of it. And I think that's why. uh, I mean, athletes are special people, but the tennis athlete, I think, uh, it separates them. Yeah. Tennis is a very difficult game that way.
0: Uh, it's, it it is very personal, uh, which makes it somewhat different than the team sports. It's, it's very, it's a personal game and and it, it feels personal. It feels like a, like a fight. And, and so you, you have to resist that part of it. Uh, and, and, and try to make yourself feel good, you know. In, in tennis, and, and actually this this goes for most sports. Uh, and that is, you, you you practice. The whole object of practice, by the way, is habit development. Okay, you, you you through repetition, over and over and over, you hit the shot, you hit the backhand cross court, you work on it, and then when you get into a match, you either have the habits. Down well or you don't Okay now when the match starts It's not habit development anymore Now it's emotional control Because what you're trying to do In the match is allow the Habits to function properly You want them to come out I mean when you're playing a match Things happen too fast To actually think your way through it And so you're, you're playing by habit Your opponent's off in one corner The ball is Hit to your back end you have many options, and you instinctively play one of them. Now, that's based on your history and your habits and the strengths of your opponent. All kinds of things go into that decision, uh, and you don't make it consciously. You make it unconsciously. But in the match, the, the number one key is, is the emotions. Your game, there's sort of a, a rule, if, there, if you will, that your game will tend to follow your emotions, okay? If your emotions become negative or down or angry, uh, if they're off in some way, your habits are going to break down. You're going to make mistakes. And so what the pros are doing, when you watch them between points, you watch them walking around, it looks like they're just, you know, looking at their racket strings or something, what what they're trying to do is maintain emotional control so that they feel good when the next point starts, okay? They try to keep themselves out of an emotional hole because if that happens, they're going to make mistakes. And so the the game tends to follow the emotions. And, you know, it's your, your job as a competitor to make your emotions helpful ones, positive, feel good feel strong, feel aggressive, feel optimistic, all those types of feelings when things are, are not going easily your way. That you have to artificially create them, which is not easy. The great players can do it. Most players, their, their emotions follow what's happening on the court. They have it backwards. In other words, if they're playing badly, their emotions become negative. If they're playing well, then their emotions become good. And so they can vacillate up and down as the match goes on, uh, mm-hmm. which, of course, gets you beaten by somebody who's got better control than you have. Because the trick is to keep your emotions at a good, positive level all the time, no matter how you're playing. Because you're at risk if, if you allow your emotions to be controlled by what's happening on court. Because you can't control that. I mean, there will be sequences in a match where you just make a bunch of mistakes or your opponent hits a bunch of good shots. Nothing to be done about that, the short run. Uh, but you, you can't let that affect you emotionally. So you have to ride over those things. You have to not let them get to you. Uh, very difficult, especially as you get tired. As you, it sort of mixes in with the physical. You know, the True. more tired you get, you know, the more you're going to start to react emotionally. Uh, mm-hmm. And one other thing I found, by the way, with my teams, I coached Pepperdine for eighteen years, uh, and and I found when when we would travel, we'd go back east to play the NCAs in Georgia from Malibu. Uh, the guys, you know, would have lost sleep. You know, they got the time change. They didn't get a good night's sleep. to get out on the court the next day, and the rackets would want to fly into the fence more. People were getting angry more quickly, you know, losing emotional control because they didn't sleep well. You know, they had time change. Right. The, 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 the other times you'll see guys get emotional in practice is right before matches or right before tournaments. They'll tend to, to lose control emotionally mainly because they're stressed thinking the match is going to be coming. And if I miss this shot in the match, you know, maybe it's going to cost me a win. You know They're they're looking at their game more closely. They're not as accepting of errors as usual. So the emotions Mm -hmm. tend to whip around for all kinds of reasons. You know, you get in a fight with your girlfriend, and the next thing you know, you're not handling the emotions on the court well. Yeah, off court, the great players—they put all that out of their mind. That, that's very hard to do.
1: So very hard. What very hard. Was. was there a question? <laughs> I, well, I, no, I, I, I did have one more question I wanted to ask. Uh, while I was <laughs> seldom the better player, so uh, uh, I never asked the question why can't I uh, win but I did get your book and read it a couple of times and uh, I uh, think like you, well, most of your stuff it just goes on in life later on I probably appreciated it more as I got into coaching than I did but even though I wasn't the better player I always had a game plan uh, I believed uh-huh. in that uh, today the game plan isn't working what do I do? Okay, that's that's a, an interesting and tricky question.
0: When your game plan seems to be failing, uh, then what do you do? And, and of course, in uh, Bill Tilden, said, had, had a very famous expression. Uh, you know, he said he said, uh, you know, if your game plan's working, you stick with it. If it's not working, you change it. Change it. Oh, he said always change a losing plan and never change a winning plan. Well, I think to me, of course, that's, I mean, that's correct, but it's, but it's not as obvious and simple as you might think, because the question is, first, how do you know it's a losing plan? You don't know it's a losing plan, really. Uh, I mean, just because you're behind in the match, that doesn't mean that your plan is no good. It might be the best plan you have and your opponent might just be in a hot streak. Okay.
1: It, 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 it's not as
0: obvious as you would think. Uh, secondly, changing your game plan depends on how, uh, adaptable your game really is. I mean, some people have no alternative but to play their the plan. They have, <laughs>
1: right.
0: I mean, if, 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 you can't volley, for instance, and you just have uh, steady ground strokes, well, and the guy's outsteading you, <laughs> what are you going to do then? Go rush the net? You don't have a volley. You can't do that. Uh, so uh, adjusting your game plan depends on, on what weapons you have and what options you have. Uh, and so all, all that is trickier than, you would, than it seems. I mean, in my experience, by the way, People have changed their game plans and lost more than they've changed their game plans and won because of it. I mean, often, I just remember, well, this is back when Agassi, early in his career, when he was in tanking mode, okay? Agassi mm-hmm. would would yeah. sometimes get behind, and then he'd start rushing the net. And I think to myself, Yeah instead of losing seven, six, he's going to lose six love, you know, make changes. It's, you know, maybe he lost the first set. That doesn't mean that it calls for a change of game plan. Uh, It might, or it might not. Uh, But, but one, the the first thing is if you're going to change your game plan, I mean, yeah, you should change it in many, uh, uh, on many occasions. You should change it, but you have to be alert. The most important thing when you're making the change is, is, is this better than it was? And, I, I, and, and that's where I see problems usually, like the consistent player at the recreational level. He starts losing uh, in a body punching match and then starts to overhit, starts to you know try to hit harder because he was losing the, the long rallies. Now he's going to hit harder. And so now he loses worse, lose the first at six, four and the second set, six, one, you know, that meant that it wasn't a good game plan change. Uh, so okay. if the game, if, if you make a, a, a plan change, you, know, you have to monitor it closely as to whether it's better than your old plan. Okay. And so it needs, it needs to be working. Uh, Oftentimes the old, the, you know, the the old plan's better than the new plan. Like right. usually, now, it, it, you know, people will try to play a game they don't have. They're going to try slices now. Well, the guy right. doesn't seem to like those low ones. You know, I'm going to try slices. You know, they're not good at slices. <laughs> the guy's not that bad at that. They're suddenly you know playing a game they don't have and so it doesn't it doesn't help them usually you know it's going to be executing your shots better is going to be the issue uh, and there there's one other sort of rule that that I would throw out that would be useful to most people and that is execution is much more important than strategy okay execution is number one by a long shot. you right. can have not a great game plan, but execute really well. In other words, you're not missing, you know, you're executing your shots, executing your plan. If you do that and you execute well, you know, that's your best play, you know, trying to think of some cunning plan where you can beat the guy or the girl because you're so smart. And you found some little tiny weakness that you think you can exploit. That's usually not so. Okay, it's usually execution is the key, and and it's not wise to get too cunning with your plan. I mean, Bill Tilden could do that. You know, he, he had a very adaptable game. He could volley. He could stay back. He could slice. He could topspin. Okay, great. If you can do all those things, you got oh, a lot better.
1: of options. Yeah. Most <laughs> people don't. Coach, yeah, we've sh- shot a, the, just about a broadcast. Everything I have a personal thing that came up, and I have about five minutes uh, I could, I'll do away with my commentary this evening because I'd just like to get your input. Uh, like you, uh, I've coached uh, some business and, and uh, in communications very recently with uh, a client, uh, su- suggested to me that if I took a firmer stance, they thought that he would have progressed a lot further. Uh, rather than, I-, I always stated that I was the coach, uh, the, the, and uh, more than once I've been asked to come on as a vice president or something. I said, No, I'm Coach, I make suggestions to you what the information you give me, and you have to make the decisions on that. And I've, uh, you know, you always have pride in what you do, and I've, and this is a fairly successful company, but the thinking, uh, you know, if I, if he had, he would have adopted some of the things that I suggested earlier if I was more forceful or if I came aboard on the company rather than just give advice. and what is your input when you approach something like that? Is it just advice, or you know?
0: Uh, I, I'm not a, John. I'm not 100% sure where w- what the question is. Are you saying if a company comes to you for for advice, they're having some problem, should you be part of the company or give it not I'll give the, it advice from
1: the outside? I, I'm sure I'm you've sure been what, asked to do that at times. Time. I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. No, no, no.
0: I, uh, I, if they're asking you for no, advice, I mean, why, why wouldn't you just give it to them?
1: Well, I do. That's what I do. My point is, I just give advice. I don't make the decisions. You have to make this decision. This is your uh, company. You want to get your employees involved naturally, but it's your company. I'm on the outside. Uh, I'm making recommendations on the information you're giving me, and you have to make the decisions. Uh, and, you know, this input was that uh, it thought it would have been further ahead faster uh, by adopting things that I suggested if I was more forceful. And, um you know, sometimes with players, I worry about being too forceful with my ideas. Uh, that uh, maybe I'm just questioning myself, and uh, I wish I had your experience. To uh, just looking for, you know, your opinion. Uh, number, yeah. I, I, I guess what you're
0: saying is, how forceful should you be when you're giving opinions? You know, mm. should it you should be low key and let? Let the other guy do more of it, or should you be more insistent? Uh, I mean, obviously, if somebody else's company and you're, and you're in there as a, an advice-giving consultant, I mean, they, they have the, the right to do whatever they want. It, it, it sort of depends. Like, lots of times, if I was consulting with a company, I would assume that, that the inside guy knows the company better than I do. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. There's, there's lots of factors that we may not have covered, and so he, he, he knows the bigger picture in his own company better than I do. You, you, normally, if I'm giving a company suggestion, uh, it, it, it's soft. It's soft based on what I see as an outsider, but I'm not on the inside, and it's somewhat the same on a tennis court in that you're often you're just you're not out there you can't feel it as well as the player. You, you can't feel the velocity and the pressure the opponent's putting on as well as your, as your player can. So usually you, you start out somewhat soft. It's a suggestion. Now, some things are so obvious that from the outside you can see them clearly, and, and it's not if, and, or but. For instance, if your player's losing his head, getting angry, or her head, that would call for a forceful suggestion, because it's a, you're a hundred percent sure that if they lose their head, they're going to get beaten. Okay, you're, they're not John McEnroe, where they can come back from that. Very few players I've ever seen, if they're getting angry, uh, that doesn't do. It'll do them in usually. So there, I would come down harder. If it's a subtle thing. Of you know how, how you you know some more subtle tactic you know you have to somewhat assume the player knows you know has a better feel than you do you can make suggestions but not you're not a hundred percent certain at that point that your suggestion
1: is right you know you, you,
0: you do it softer
1: does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does, Coach, and we've shot just about another program. But before we uh, go, I want to thank you for being on the show. And please, what I did uh, last week is I asked for any questions. I told the people what our topic is going to be. Uh, Linda LeClaire suggested she wanted to hear from people, but I don't take live calls. Would you like to give how to contact you, and do you think that's a good idea? Would you like to hear from any uh, suggestions about a topic for our next conversation well that's fine they could they could uh,
0: leave a message on my web i have a website net, okay. which i check in on every every now and again uh so they could ask a question on that i suppose uh i prefer not to get a bunch of emails actually uh, okay so I, I I have to leave the questions more in your hands. Uh, okay.
1: Okay, we'll do it that all way. Right, then. Well, and, and I thank you again for sharing your knowledge. Uh, I I really appreciate. Uh, I think you're you're what the show's about—a mentor. You're still giving, and I and I love that. And I thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me, John. I mean. You're a
0: solid guy, and I, I
1: appreciate
0: uh, all the stuff you do. You know, you're mentoring too. So, anyway, thank you for including me, John.
1: And, uh, okay. And no next week, luck. of course, we, we have uh, the legendary coach Chuck Reese uh, on our broadcast, and um, he has some uh, ideas that some agree with and some don't. Uh, I think the key, uh, to me, the key is listening. I'm not sure that we're any longer a country of listeners. Uh, Too many people listen to a point where they can interrupt to get their point of view in. I think if we listen a little bit more, we'd we'd be a little better off. The following week, we have an interesting show with uh, Coach Mick from the USTA, uh, national USTA. uh, And what they're doing is a whole video training. They're exploring uh, a new way of introducing things. Uh, When we did the uh, workshop at the national campus, uh, unfortunately, Uh, They didn't get to uh, do the video because uh, we had rain uh, there, Uh, but they might be doing it. Uh, Ashley Hobson, who was one of our mentors that was on a few weeks ago, uh, they might be uh, going down to uh, his location to uh, do broadcast. And, of course, uh, on the 23rd is Thanksgiving. I'll be celebrating with the family so we won't have a broadcast then, but on the 30th, we have Scott Engie there. Scott Engie is a Kansas coach that I've been blessed to know for uh, many years. He was uh, one of my coaches when I was the tennis coordinator at the World uh, uh, Scholar-Athlete Games at the uh, University of Rhode Island. We go back uh, years. He's Come out to Florida a few times to be part of the uh, certification uh, program He's been a high school coach he's been his father was a coach for fifty years he's been around tennis and now he's coaching uh, college tennis and he's still going to do the uh, high school uh, top 25 uh, teams in the country so if you uh, you have a team that you think should be recognized uh, you probably want to uh, listen uh, to that broadcast. I um, we didn't get into my commentary at the end of the show because, uh, quite frankly, uh, selfishly, I'd rather listen uh, to Alan Fox. But I promise you, I will at uh, most of uh, the uh, broadcast. Please tell your friends to come in uh, and next Thursday. Uh, like I said, we have have uh, Chuck Reese, will be the mentor that day, and of course the nice thing about uh, Block Talk Radio is that you can listen at your own time, uh, you tune in when uh, you want to listen, uh, like I said, I very seldom uh, listen to Chuck Reese live on Wednesdays, but I seldom miss the uh, broadcast, so... Uh, have a blessed week. Tell your friends. I look forward to talking with you again uh, next week. And, um, and and think about it. If you're not getting Florida Tennis Magazine, even if you're not in Florida, uh, you know, think about that. Tennis, like it or not, uh, much of it comes out of Florida, and uh, now, with the USTA uh, National Campus down here, more's coming out of Florida. And uh, Florida Tennis Magazine has been involved for 25 years, and much of it is not just Florida news, it's uh, national news. And uh, although there is not, I did not have an article in this issue because of uh, knee replacement and because uh, putting on my last uh, workshop of 20 years of uh, training the high school uh, coaches. Uh, It was my last time doing it, but uh, uh, the Lord willing, I will be in the next uh, broadcast. So take care, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Bye now.